1: So great. Well, let's jump into, into the, to the Word. Let's go into the Word. I, um, I believe God's going to speak to us this morning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 1. Genesis 12, verse 1, and uh, it reads, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this is one of those promises that are just incredible. Can you imagine just God shows up and, and, and he speaks that to you. Hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You shall be a great nation. I'll bless those that bless you. And by the way, those that curse you, I'm going to curse. If I hurt, I'd be like, amen. Come on, somebody. You know, like, that would be enough. Like, Marco, man, I, you know, here's the word. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, you know. (laughs) But uh, here's Abraham, and he's probably thinking, like, I've made it. You know, like, I've... You know, you, you get that kind of a promise, it's like you're believing God, you're you're like out there in the marketplace trying to make it happen, you get a job, maybe you try to get two jobs to to try to buy a home or, or you try to make things happen, but God shows up and he gives him a promise, that kind of a blessing. And it's this is a story of a man where God deposits its seed in the spirit of Abraham through a promise, a prophetic word. Is there anybody in here who's received a promise before? maybe maybe you 've come to men 's prayer or women 's prayer, or maybe you have is during a service or maybe conference, maybe in your own you know, your own secret place God gives you a promise and, and those promises come in the form of a seed. but how many of you know that the promises of God are transcendent they 're not just for us they, they go beyond us. see God wants to do something in us, but he also wants to do it through us it 's not just for us the kingdom of God is not just an inflow it 's inflow and outflow, and there 's so much that God wants to do in us and through us so Abraham is like I've made it. God spoke to me, man. Like, this is amazing. Like, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be famous. Like, this is incredible. But God, God is not just thinking Abraham. He's thinking Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. Come on, the nation of Israel. All the children of Israel. He's thinking all the prophets. He's thinking Jesus. He's thinking Peter, James, John. He's thinking the book of Acts. He's thinking the Holy Spirit. He's thinking Paul. Saul from Saul to Paul. He's thinking Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians. He's thinking awakened church come on somebody he's thinking El Cajon he's thinking the tent Santee come on El Cajon he's thinking San Marcos Bressy Carlsbad he's thinking Balboa Eastlake come on Salt Lake City Boise he's thinking where we're heading come on the promises of God are not just for me and just for me to be cool and like oh I'm so great you know I'm just gonna prosper it's all about me no it's about you and what God wants to do in you and through you are you with me it's about what God wants to do in Alcohol, in the region of El Cajon. Come on and take it over the city and the and the region and what God wants to how God wants to conquer this region. We're into taking cities. We're into changing things and shifting things. That's why some of us are called to go into the political sphere. How many of you are tired of of what you're seeing out there in the news and, and all the craziness that's happening? That's why God is raising men and women up. Come on, to change things. And it's not about us. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether they like it or not. They better bow here on earth. Because they will bow. Nothing can stand against the name of Jesus. So the title of my message is called Pregnant with a Promise. Will you turn to your neighbor and tell them I'm pregnant? And listen, I promise you this will not be a woke message, okay? Don't worry about the emojis. But listen, I... I believe that only women can get pregnant. Come on, somebody. How funny. We have to celebrate when we say only women can get pregnant. Oh, we have to talk about what is a woman. Come on, but we are pregnant with the promises of God. We're pregnant with the promises of God. You know, it's, it's like God speaks to Abraham, but, but and he deposited a seed, but, but he still had to wait. Like, uh, uh, how many of you know that in the kingdom of God, we, we have to wait sometimes? Like, I don't know if you've ever been challenged by the process of time. Sometimes you've got to wait. You know, things wait. I love the analogy of, of, of women getting pregnant because it's so, uh, it so illustrates what happens in the kingdom of God. Like, how cool would it be if, you know, I want to have a baby. You know, you go home, you work on it, and then the baby being born the next day. How cool would that be? Hey, baby, let's have a baby. She's like, okay, cool. All right, you know. Tomorrow, is a boy or girl? Like, how cool would that be? But it's not like that. You know, for the baby to grow, the baby has to be incubated. It has to be in, in a healthy environment for the baby to grow into maturity, into in the womb, into to, to full term. Are you with me? So it is with the promises of God. The promises of God have to be incubated. And what we see in Genesis with Abraham is a story of a man. God deposits a seed of a promise in his spirit. And then he has to incubate those promises. And, and he messed it up like crazy. How many of you are thankful that in the kingdom? of God, we don't have to be perfect. We don't always have to have it right. We just have to have a willing heart that is humble, that is teachable, that is coachable. That's why God will give you pastors. That's why God will give you connect group leaders. That's why God will give you captains for emerge that will come and correct you a little bit and challenge you and adjust you. And I'll say this, don't get offended. Listen, if you get offended, don't stay in the offense. I've seen too many people abort the promises of God because they get offended, they get discouraged, and they just bounce. Okay? In the kingdom of God, you want to stay in it. Even when it hurts, you stay in it and you keep going. And you, even when you don't see with your eyes open what you see with your eyes closed, you just keep going on the promises of God. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what people say. I'm going to keep going. I don't care if I get challenged left and right. Man, I don't see it with my eyes open, but I'm going to keep going. That's the word for someone today. Man, you got an offended. Don't, 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 don't just get taken out. Listen, the devil's just trying to get you offended to take you out. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. There's too much at stake. There's so much that God wants to do in you and through you. Instead, just choose to forgive and release and say, I forgive so-and-so. I release them in the name of Jesus. I know they have their best interest, my best interest in mind. Amen. But I've seen too many people just bounce because they get offended, discouraged. They get impatient. Ah, that church is too loud. That preacher is too loud. You know, my my wife had the the craziest pregnancies. She had something called hyperemesis. Anybody had hyperemesis here before? Oh, my gosh. I feel for you. I am so sorry that happened to you. It happened to my wife, too. I'll tell you what that is. she was nauseous 24-7. You know, the first pregnancy, it's like, okay, it's going to get better. You know, nauseous 24-7 and vomiting 24-7. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, it's not supposed to be like that. You know, like, I, this is too much. You know, it's like, God, why me, you know? Seeing <laughs> my wife on the couch, I'm like, God, you know, why me? Why do I have to carry this burden of my wife, like, going through that? Can you make it easier? <laughs> what a jack. I'm just kidding. But, but she really, and I'm like, you know, it's going to get better. The next pregnancy, my wife is now pregnant again. I'm like, it's going to get better. It got worse. She lost so much weight the first trimester. It's like she was a little stick. And then she gained it all back. It was incredible. And more. We have pictures before and after. I'm just kidding. We don't. <laughs> Those are amazing pictures. She's proud of it. She loves it. They're incredible. But, um, but you know, even in the midst of her suffering... She, she still had to incubate the baby. Even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the adversity, she still had to incubate the baby. The baby still had to grow. Listen, you cannot quit when things get hard. Even when things get tough and there's adversity and there's suffering, you still got to incubate the promises of God. That is faith, my friend. Is when you don't see it, you keep on going and you keep on moving forward. Even when it hurts, when you get discouraged, you just keep on believing and you show up again and again and again and again because you know that God is faithful and you know that God will show up and you know that God will touch your marriage and your children and your finances and your career. Are you with me this morning? That's the faithfulness of our God. So here's Abraham. He's like, man, like, you know, I received the promise, but there's some things that happen in the, in, in the life of Abraham that I want to talk about. If we can go to Genesis chapter 13, Genesis 13, and we'll go f- starting in verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. And look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Look now, lift up your eyes now, and look towards the place from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. For all the land which you see, everybody say see. All the land which you see, I will give to you. All the land which you see everybody say see I will give to you all the land which you see all the land which you see all the land which I see I will give to you I love our friend Rex Crane he goes he says your life can only grow to the size of your dreams to the size of your expectation to the size of your vision what are you seeing this morning what are you seeing this morning? There's a, a, a beautiful principle that we, we see here. There's a relaxed correlation between your eyes and what you see, between your vision and between your destiny. What are you seeing this morning? God had to get Abraham to come out and to lift up his eyes and to see so that he, so that he could understand where he was heading. What, what we see is what we move towards. What are you seeing this morning? We go to an amazing church full of vision. We're going after 16 campuses. Our church could be called Vision Church. There's so much vision. There's vision on Sundays, on Wednesdays, DNA, where you name it. Men's prayer. There's, if you're an apprentice, there's vision on Tuesday. There's vision left and right, man. It's like crazy. So I don't have to go too much into detail because we hear about vision all the time and i love that we get challenged to believe and believe god for more because that's the kingdom it's not a kingdom of comfort it's a kingdom of believing it's a kingdom of faith come on comfort is the enemy of greatness and what god wants to do with you so many of us just want to get comfortable i just want to get comfortable i just want i just want comfort i just you know i just want to take it easy listen if you if you if your goal is to be comfortable you'll never change the world If your goal is to be comfortable, you'll never maximize your your potential. If your goal is to be comfortable, are you with me? Abraham did not live a comfortable life because God had an assignment for him. Listen, if your life is not comfortable, it just means that God has an assignment for you. And he's growing you. And he's processing you. And he's transforming you from glory to glory. From faith to faith. Are you with me this morning? So Abraham is like, man, this is amazing. I get a word from God, and then God is telling me to look up and, and see. Can, can, can we take it a little deeper? If, 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 I was, if I was the devil, I'd try to steal your eyes and get your eyes, because if I could get your eyes, I'd get your destiny we live in a culture in a world where the enemy has influenced the media so much that all they all the content they're creating is content to steal and rob our eyes with with uh, impurities and with with per, perversity and, and with you know i love what daniel said i've daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself see my first point is consecrate your vision consecrate your vision. I feel the Holy Spirit calling the church to a time of, of, of holiness, of consecration, of sanctification. And listen, holiness... It's not, it's not duty. It's, it's devotion. Holiness is not religion. It's being in pursuit of God. Holiness is not perfection. Holiness is, is going after the Lord with, with all my heart and, and with all my soul and with all my mind and with all my strength and with everything that is within me. Hol- God, holiness is God. Here are my resources. Here's, here's my money. Here's my time. Here's my eyes. Here's my vision. Here are my words. Here's everything that you got here. Th- that, that is holiness, friends. It's not just living a perfect life so many people disqualify themselves because oh i'm not holy the bible says be holy for i'm holy so you feel unholy so you disqualify yourselves but how many of you are thankful for jesus christ who went to the cross to forgive us of our sins he shed his blood was shed so we could be forgiven come on draw the line on the sand and have a new life but 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 we still can't forget what what the bible teaches about holiness he said be holy for i am holy The apostle Paul, Romans chapter 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your lives a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. We've forgotten to talk about holiness, but listen, God loves the concept of holiness. I love what Pastor Jurgen says, man, I-, I learned since an early age that if I would give, I'd go all in with God, I would receive the all in from God. That is, that is holiness. It's going all in with God. It's consecration. It's being set apart for everything that God has for you. And I'm not talking to you from a posture of, I have it all together. Oh, this is Marco Contreras, a holy man of God. Thou shalt not steal. And that, that, I'm not talking like that because it, it, I, I, the devil got a hold of me at about three or four years old, and I was exposed to pornography at an early age. And I saw it in my childhood and my teenagers. I was addicted to pornography. Just, just the, the devil had a spirit of lust, just, just had a grip on me. And I tell my son all the time hey, if the devil can get your eyes, he can get your destiny. Watch out, be careful but it's something that the enemy, it's one of the strategies of the enemy and it just keeps the church of Jesus Christ just quiet and it keeps it, it dormant. It's like you feel disqualified because you messed up. But listen, you can change. We can all change. Things can change. That's the power of Jesus Christ. He was dead one day. On Friday, he went to the cross. Come on. And he rose again on Sunday. If he can defeat death, come on. Why well, can we not defeat pornography and lust in the spirit of this world? Are you with me? You know, and, and holiness, it's, it's like we, we are in a, in a spiritual warfare. We see all the scriptures of like we're, you know, we're not fighting, wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of, of darkness. We are in a spiritual war. We hear it all the time. And yet when it comes to holiness, it's like we have no plan, no tactics, no game plan. Who? What football coach goes into a game? We just went to a football game last night. What coach would go to a game without a game plan? Without a playbook? Like everything you do, there's a plan. Listen, if you're going to build a business, you need a plan. You know, sometimes you just go and you build it as you go, but you've got to have some sort of a plan. If you, have, if you don't have a plan, then that's your plan. I don't have a plan. That's my plan. <laughs> you know, you're trying to buy a house. You've got to have a plan. Like there's a plan for everything. But with holiness, we just, ah, we'll see what happens. We'll go as we go you got to have tactics. you got to protect yourself. I remember when I got saved in college. My friend who was discipling me, he said, Marco, you got to have bouncing eyes. I'm like, what's that? He's like, well, you see pretty girls walking around, and you want to do a double look, and, 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 and you know, with, with an impure motive, just bouncing eyes. So you see, and then you turn. You bounce your eyes. You go, bounce your eyes. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I began to implement it. And, and listen, I, I was on on. I love the game of golf, and I was on Instagram the other day, and I'm looking for something about golf, a player or something, and I go on the search uh, little part of Instagram, and there's like this girl who's half naked on my phone, I'm like bounce my eyes, but I'm like, why is that? Like, why there? Because the devil's trying to steal your eyes. to steal my eyes, but we're not gonna, we're gonna say devil, not today. Devil, come on. In the name of Jesus, I will live a holy life. I'll live a pure life to the glory of God. I don't care what I did yesterday, or that last year, or last month. i To live a holy life today, it starts today. Are you with me? So, guess what? I'm teaching my son now. I say, son, you gotta have bouncing eyes. And if, if we're watching TV or something something crazy goes on, you know, it shows up, we're just like bounce our eyes and we turn our eyes because, because the, whole, the, the kingdom of God is covering, is, is holiness. That's why nudity is not good because the kingdom of God is about covering and, and holiness and the kingdom of darkness is exposing. And nudity is about exposing and pornography is about exposing what's meant to be sacred. But the kingdom of God is covering. Remember what happened to to Noah, his sons, they saw him naked, so they turned their eyes and they covered him because the kingdom of God is covering you and I. Men and women, we're called to cover in the kingdom of God. We're called to cover. That's holiness. It's covering what the devil's trying to expose. <laughs> consecrate your vision. Joshua, before he goes into the craziest war against Jericho, he goes, Joshua chapter 3, men and women, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Here's the principle you live in consecration, guess what? You begin to set an atmosphere of wonder around you you choose consecration holiness sanctification not perfection i'm not preaching perfection i'm saying holiness i'm saying be in pursuit of god be in devotion towards god and you set an atmosphere of wonder among you god has so much more for us let's go to genesis chapter 15 Genesis 15, we'll start in verse 1 because here, here's God talking to Abraham again. He like shows up again with another word. Maybe that's a word for you today. Maybe you keep hearing God, you know, like He gives you a word over and over and over again, and we're still sitting on our butt doing nothing. But God, how many of you are gent? Believe how many of you are thankful that God is gentle. He'll give you. He'll come to you again and again and again and again until we get it. We're like, okay, I hear you, God. So maybe that's for you this morning. That's what happened to Abraham. Here's Abraham, Genesis chapter fifteen. We'll start in verse one. After these things. The word of the Lord came to Abram again. It's just it just needs again over there. Like like Moses, what happened? Should have said again. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram, Abram again. In a vision saying, "Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward." But Abram said, "Look, God. Look, God. What will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus?" Then Abram said, "Look, you've given me no offspring." It's like God. Have you ever fallen into complaining? Like negativity. I was so complainy last week that my wife had to check me. She's like, "You need to stop complaining." I'm like, mm, 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 "You don't understand me." Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you <laughs> if you complain, you remain. Don't complain. You complain, you remain in your own problems, in your own things, you become a victim of your own world instead of coming out and leveling up. No, I'm gonna solve this thing. Don't be a complainer, amen. Yeah. So so then Abraham said, "Look, you've given me no offspring." <laughs> Sounds like a robot. <makes> you've given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is my heir and behold the word of the Lord came to him again (laughs) and behold the word of the Lord came to him again saying this one shall not be your heir but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir then he brought him outside and said look now from heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Here we go again. Abram, I understand. I get it. You're stuck right there. And all you can see is your negative circumstances. But if you keep seeing your negative circumstances, that's what you're going to get. So I need you to come out. I need you to come to church. I need you to go to connect group. I need you to go to men's prayer. I need you to go to conference. I need you to go to Emerge conference. That's why we have so many things. It's God giving us an opportunity to come out and see all that God has for us. I need you to get up in the morning, turn worship on. I need you to see what I see for you. Abram, you're too fixated on what you don't have, and you're too fixated on what you do have. I need you to be fixated on what I have for you. Are you with me? So Abram's complaining, and it's like, (laughs) God's like, okay, be quiet. Sometimes we just got to be quiet. I heard of a friend, a friend of ours, (laughs) who uh, goes to our other friend. True story. And. She goes, how do you do it? How are you such a good wife? And listen, I'm just telling you a story, okay? I'm not saying, you know, I'm a husband. I know this will sound weird. But, but she goes, "And how are you such a perfect wife? And, and, and she goes, you know, I get so mad at my husband, yada, yada, yada. And our, our, our friend who we know is a really wise woman an amazing pastor and friend. And she goes, you know, friend, sometimes you just need to be quiet. <laughs> and all the men just like, don't say amen, just, you know. <laughs> Your brother. Just Anyways, so here's Abram. Remember the story of Zechariah? The angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah and says, you're going to have a son. And Zechariah just starts complaining. It's like, wah, 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 I'm too old. God is like, you need to be quiet. Because if you speak death over the promises of God, they won't come to pass. God is like, "Abraham, you need to be quiet. I got so much for you. The Bible says that we speak either death or life. So choose life. Speak life over the promises of God. Sometimes we just got to be quiet and just stop speaking death. And it's like complaining and negativity. Listen, that, that won't incubate the promises of God. You just got to speak life and breathe life and, and prophesy, prophesy to the dry bones. Listen, every miracle, mostly every miracle that Jesus Christ had, he was speaking life and breathing life. Remember when the, there was the, the, the boy and the, the young man in the co- coffin and he said, I say to you, arise. He was breathing life and speaking life. To Lazarus, he said, I say to you, come out. To, and he just did so many things to the centurion. Centurion said, only say the word, speak life, and my servant will be healed. So Jesus gave the word and he was healed. There were so many instances instances that we see miracles of God when Jesus speaks the word of life that's the word for someone this morning see see uh, you don't understand that this is my family so sarcastic and it just come from sarcasm that's my upbringing. That's how I grew up. And I just, it's just how I do things, how I make my friends. Listen, you're not, you're not bound to the patterns and the conformities of culture and the world. You're bound to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter where you've been, how you grew up. You're, you're, when we step into the kingdom of God, you can expect the kingdom of God kind of returns. The things we see in the Bible, come on. God can part the Red Sea for you. God can open the windows of heaven for you. God can do mighty miracles on your right or your left when you step into the kingdom. Into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the kingdom of speaking faith. Of speaking life. It's, it's life or death. Well, I'm going to choose to speak life. So this is how it works. If you look in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that the, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He was just hovering. The spirit of God hovering. And this, it says that the, the, the earth was without form and void. And darkness covered the earth. But the Holy Spirit was just waiting, was hovering. You can give me the keys. Go ahead. A little louder. Come on, give it up for our keys, man. Come on. I love the keys. Turn them up. We love the keys. Play them, brother. So the, the Holy Spirit is It's hovering. It's hovering and it's just, and then the Bible says that then God, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then God said, let there be the firmaments of, of the heavens. And the heavens were created. And then God said the, the waters, and then God said, let the dry land appear. So the Holy Spirit was just waiting for, for, for God to speak the word, to prophesy, and to breathe life over, over, over the circums, over the earth that was without form and void. See, we have so many things without form and void in front of us. And the Holy Spirit is just waiting for us to speak life and to breathe life over our circumstance breathe life over our situation it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter if it looks without form without system you're still called to breathe life and speak life you know in the new testament the word spirit is pneuma which means breath it's it's the breathing of life we were my wife and i were talking to a relative who was going through covid how many of you hate covid come on somebody how many of you hate covid i hate covid I'm so tired of it. And and my mom's got it like 10 times. I've had it a few times. I'm like, so our relatives had it. I'm like, she'll be fine. So now it's day 12, day 13th, and and she's not getting better. So a relative calls my wife, and I happen to be in the car. And and I said, babe, hold on, let me say something. I said, relative, because she might listen to the message later. She will not like to be exposed. I already exposed her name in Seattle last week. Not today, devil. So so I said, relative, you need to do this. Because I understand that the, the speech center in our brain controls all the other nerves in our body. So I said, when you do your little walks outside, I need you to come out and I need you to say, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I want you to say three or four times, you need to renew your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I need you to renew your mind and speak health over your body that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you have been healed. Listen, I do this every single day. I get up in the mornings and I pray and I say, Thank you, Jesus, that by the blood of Jesus Christ, when you shed your blood, when you went to the cross, you took sickness on the cross. And sickness is illegal in me in the name of Jesus. And I begin to speak and I speak to every cell in my body. You must align to the word of God that by the stripes of Jesus, Jesus Christ, I am healed. I speak to my respiratory system, my cardiovascular system. I speak to my my digestive system. I speak to my testosterone. Come on, somebody. I speak to my vitamins, my hormones. I speak to every. Si- Be healed in the name of Jesus. Walk in divine health. I said, relative, you need to speak life over yourself, and you say, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. The next day, she calls my wife. She says. Natalie, you're not going to believe this, and I can't believe it either. I did exactly what Marco said. I went outside, and I was doing my little walk, and I said, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed in the name of Jesus. And it's almost like you, verbatim, I'm not making it up. She said, it's like I was going through death before I talked to you guys. But when I spoke to you guys, it's like you guys breathe life into my body, is what she said. It's the power, come on somebody, of Jesus Christ and the principles of the kingdom. We're called to speak life and breathe life. My buddy, my buddy calls me. We're, we fi- find out my, 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 friend's, my friend's dad, Matty Lee's dad, is, is like at the hospital emergency. He goes through a normal procedure. It's 3 a.m. in the morning and, and we get a call. He flatlined twice. He's in a very severe condition. So I woke up at 3 a.m. I, I called my friend and said, Maddie, are you at the hospital? He goes, yes. I said, put me on speaker. And I began to speak life in the name of Jesus. I said, Steve, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Pastor Mike calls him. Maddie Lee begins to pray for him. And guess what? He came out like nothing happened to him. He's strong. He looks better than ever. Come on. So going back to Abraham, God's like, I need you to be quiet and speak life. My second point is don't operate with a poverty-lack mindset. Operate with a prosperous, abundance mindset. Abraham was caught up in in a poverty mindset. What is a poverty mindset? It's it's a mindset and mentality of lack and scarcity. It's like where you are afraid that you'll always be in lack. But it's so contrary to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of abundance. Why do you think the devil tries to come into so many churches and tell them that prosperity is of the devil? You're just trying to preach the gospel of gain and prosperity for your personal gain. Guess what? The devil wants us to be poor. The devil wants us to be stuck in poverty. Because the devil knows that if we prosper, we can change the world. And the devil knows the scriptures. Deuteronomy, it says that, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to create wealth. The Bible says in Corinthians that Jesus, though he was rich, he became poor so that through him we might become rich. You can let it mean whatever you want it to mean to you. But I'm going to choose to believe what the Bible says. That God delights in the prosperity of his servants. So, so Abraham is so fixated on what he doesn't have. That he's, he's caught up in a, in a poverty lack mindset and mentality. Listen, we cannot fulfill our destiny if we're caught up in a poverty mindset. Because God doesn't operate in there. It's, it's like a, a concept. It's like a realm. God doesn't operate in the realm of poverty and lack. Psalm 23, uh, King David, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Other transi- translation says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. You see the kingdom of God. When, when, when God brought Moses and the nation of Israel out of Egypt, he gave him manna. There was an abundance of manna. There was so much manna everything you see in the kingdom is a kingdom of abundance I know I'm challenging some of you but don't get offended instead lean in lean into what I'm saying because what if God wants to unlock you today what if God wants to give you more vision today what if God wants to begin begin to give you the mantle of prosperity upon you what, what if God wants to give you an idea today that will change everything in your life what if God wants you to begin to believe that God can do anything come on somebody in your life and your marriage is not just about money it's about everything it goes into every area of our lives But the devil wants you to be trapped and stuck in poverty and how we think. Listen to the definition of poverty, a poverty mindset. A poverty mentality is one that influences behaviors consistent with beliefs that money shouldn't be spent. I grew up in a home where my mom would always tell me, listen, my mom did an amazing job and I love her and I honor her. But this is so we can understand and illustrate. She'd always tell me, we don't have any money. We don't have any money. Mom, can we do this? We don't have any money. No tengo dinero. Any Spanish speakers in the house? No tengo dinero. No hay dinero. dinero. I grew up like that with that mindset. It's a poverty mindset. And I'm going to show you where I grew up in a second. But it says um, that money shouldn't be spent. Opportunities are limited. Any risk at all is dangerous. Any success is temporary and not replicable. And generally remaining in the back of the pack is safest constantly focusing on what is missing in one's life may lead to further poverty have you ever have you ever gotten a new car like pastor michael and and then like when we got our tesla um i I just began to see teslas everywhere has that ever happened to you it's like you get a car and that's all you see everywhere i'm like this is crazy, and I don't know what it is, but what you, what you think about is what you see, and what you see is what you get. That's why you can't be stuck in a poverty mindset, because all you think is lack, and all you can think about is it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for me. It didn't happen to my mama or to my grandma or to my aunts or my uncles. It's my upbringing. It's always going to be like that for me, and, if, and what you think about is what you bring about it. What you think about is what you see, and what you see is what you get. That's why God said, I need you to come out, Abraham, and look towards the stars and see all that I have for you. Man, that's why it's so good to come to church, to an atmosphere of faith and vision, because God wants to unlock you today. I want to show you a video of, where I, of the streets of TJ where I grew up. are the, um, the baseball fields where I grew up playing, and the streets where I grew up in. So I was surrounded by, by poverty mindsets, small thinking, lack mentalities, and, and my mom, her dream was to send me to a private school. And, uh, and, and, and it was in, in TJ in Mexico. Like the, the private schools are way different than here. It's like public school and private school. Here you you know they're whatever right there. But in TJ they're really different. And my mom worked super hard to send me to the best private school. So I remember going to school in the mornings, and and I would I would be around all these these. In, amazing kids and, and had incredible families and they were all wealthy and, and I'd hear about their reality. They, were, they would go to you know, San Diego and, and Coronado on the weekends and they would go to Fashion Valley and go shopping and they'd go to Disneyland and all these things and then I'd come home and, and it was a little different for me. And I remember being caught up in, in the middle of contrast. I don't know if you've ever been caught up in the middle of contrast where maybe what you see is different than what you're actually seeing. I don't know if there's anybody in here that's been caught up in the middle of contrast but what was crazy for me was not that I was exposed to a certain level of success because they would invite me to their homes and I would see them have dinners together and I would be like, what's that? It's not like that at home and, and husband and wife would have actually a relationship Well, at my house. My parents wouldn't talk to each other. If they did, it was always fighting and, and it was really different but I, I was exposed to a certain level of success because it was incredible homes, beautiful area, And but it wasn't that what impacted me the most. What impacted me the most was the fact that I knew I didn't have to stay where I was forever. That life could change for me someday. That God could begin to work in my life. That, that that things can shift and change. I don't know if I'm talking to someone this morning that, that's believing that things can change for you a little bit, that things you can step into something that God has for you. Are you with me? So I remember playing baseball at the at the age of eight years old, and 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 I remember my dream was to be to be on the all star team, and and to be a part of the all star team, you have to be a part of the A league. Well, the season happened, and then I ended up in the B league. But I remember every night I'd be close my eyes and I'd begin to pray, and I was a little Catholic boy saying, "Padre, Cristo Sant, Amen." And I would just pray, I'd pray I would pray, and I would see myself playing baseball, I would see the country of Mexico, it represented the national tournament, that I, saw, I would see a trophy every single day. And it represented me being the best one on the team, I pray that every single day during the entire season. So anyways, my team ends up in the B League, but I still began to pray, see sometimes you just got to keep praying you got to pray until something happens. You keep believing and you keep praying even when your reality doesn't match your other reality. So I just kept on believing, kept on praying. Well the coach calls my parents, hey we want Marco to try out. I'm like, well I've been praying for this. So I go try out, I make the team, I sucked the first part of the regionals. But then the last game I hit two home runs and oh Marco's amazing. I'm like this is incredible. We go to the national tournament. I came back hitting a 647 batting average. If you know anything about baseball, you know that's pretty amazing. But listen, this is what it did for me. I began to believe that God could do anything. God can do anything. God can change things. God can shift things that happened to me at a very early age. And I took it to every area of my life. I want to show you a picture of 2010, the the home we lived in back then. It was our first rental home. And that was a massive win, believe it or not, for us. Because we lived in a one-bedroom apartment before that. And I remember, you know, we're going to check out the house and, and I go into the great master bedroom that was about this big and, and I'm like, hey babe, when you come check out the closet? We have a closet in the master bedroom, it's amazing. And like, hey babe, and she's not, she can't hear me. And I'm like, this is amazing. She can't hear me. We're in the same house and she can't hear me when I talk. I'm used to being in a one bedroom apartment when it's the, the, the bedroom, the bathroom, the kitchen, the living room. It, it, it didn't matter where I was, there she was. She was everywhere. She was omniscient. It's like, you're everywhere, babe. Hey, babe, and she's there. So I'm like, this is incredible. So we moved into this house, but I believe that God could do anything. I said, I'm not going to stay here because I know God has a plan for me. I know God. And I remember 2010, I, I'm, I'm, we go to um. After church, my, uh, my previous church, we go to pay, where it's like a, like a little cheaper, P.F. Chang's, and, and I'm in line, and I'm about to order Pad Thai, and it's about eight bucks at the time. Probably now, it's, with inflation, it's probably about $35 per plate. At the time, it was like eight sixty five. so I, I, I go on my bank account to check. I don't know if you've ever been to a place where before you buy a meal, you have to check your bank account to make sure it's not, you know, in the negative. So I go, and I'm like, oh, shoot, it's in the negatives. So I'm like, just begin to excuse myself. I'm like, you know, I'm actually not hungry, guys. So I'm just going to go home i just got full all of a sudden just smelled it and it just got full so i'm on my way home and and i remember i was so frustrated i don't know if you've ever been frustrated in your life and i was so frustrated and i stopped in the middle of the road and i just looked up to heaven i said god, as i was walking home i said god why am i so poor i said god why are, you not show- why are you not showing up in my life god i know the scriptures i know the bible says that you delight in the prosperity of your servants i know the bible promises prosperity and blessing why is this happening I don't know if you've ever gotten real with God. I want to encourage you to get real with God. It might not be about money. It might be about a spouse. It might be about your child or your business or your career or whatever may be going on in your life. I want to encourage you to be like King David and get real with God. Vent with God. Tell him how it is, how you feel. And I just began to get real with God. I said, God, why is this happening? All of a sudden, I just feel the peace of God just drop. And I just felt the mantle of prosperity come upon me. Then God would call me into the business world. I was a youth pastor. Then God called me into the business world. We began to prosper a little bit. And I want to show you a picture of the home we moved in 2018. So this 2018, and and listen, before we go into the judgmental part of the service, okay? Where things challenge us because religion wants you to, to, oh, to be challenged and to, to, to doesn't want, the devil doesn't want you to lean in and to, this is not a story of me or how awesome I am, the story of what God can do. Listen, the Bible says that we overcome the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. This is my testimony. You can't take it away from me. It's just what God did in my life. If it offends you, I'm sorry. I just want you to know that I love you and I want you to be unlocked. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, I remember we moved to this house and this house was dirt. The backyard was just dirt. And we're going into Vision Builders and we see this video from Pastors Colin and Melissa Higginbottom. I know if you love Pastors Colin and Melissa Higginbottom. And the video said pastor Collins said we knew it was time to step in and lean in into the house of god before our own house so we gave a hundred thousand no i think it was more just whatever they had saved up into the for their uh their down payment they just gave it to the house of god to vision builders and it just something leaped on the inside of me i'm like that's us so we began to pledge we pledged over a hundred thousand we pledged a hundred thousand dollars actually over a hundred thousand dollars the first year to vision builders because I just felt like like, I'm going to sow into the kingdom of God. I know what happens when you sow into the kingdom of God. When you give, it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, Marco, you can't give to get, but I'm sorry, this is what the Bible says. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, you sow and got. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Galatians whatever a man sows he will also reap there's nothing wrong with sowing and believing that god can can bless you the bible says in malachi chapter 3 tithe bring all the tithes into the storehouse and see if i will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing over you are you with me this morning so we stepped in two years later then we finished our backyard and i'm like this is incredible i've made it this is amazing god thank you you're so good to me and we're on we're at our campus Wednesday night and Pastor Mike is preaching a message powerful message on faith and and he says oh I want you all to stand up and we're standing up and and I want you to just believe and pray and believe that God pray for something big that God wants to do in your life and I was like a little tired I don't know if you've ever been tired at church before I'm standing and I'm like just who knows what I was thinking about like, I want to go home. I was probably thinking about Chipotle or dinner. Like, some of you are probably thinking about lunch right now. Come on, rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus, spirit of hunger. Come on, be quiet for now, for a little bit, a few more minutes. We're about to get unlocked right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We're about to get unlocked in the name of Jesus. So my wife says Okay, hey, I think God spoke to me. We're, we're supposed to sell our house, this house. I'm like... I think God spoke to me. We're supposed to sell our house. I said, baby, can you stop? We just finished our backyard. I'm not trying to sell my house. I think God spoke to us. We need to sell our house. I said, I rebuked that spirit in the name of Jesus. Security, security. And she's like, she's so persistent. So then she stopped, praise the Lord. But then she said, God, speak to Marco. So the next day I have a dream. And in my dream, I see my dad. My dad had passed away in 2017. And in the dream, I said, dad, I think we're supposed to move. And he goes, hey, son, that's a good thing. So I woke up and said, babe, God spoke to me. She's like, I told you. So I, I'm not just going to go off a dream. I need a word from God. I need a rhema word from God. So I, I began to read large portions of scripture so that God would speak to me and have a backing. How many of you know you need the rhema word of God that speaks to you today, right now for my situation? I need a verse to jump out of the scriptures to tell me this is God. So I began to read Acts chapter 13. The Bible says that, that, that um, there would be a light to the Gentiles. The house of God, the church of Christ would be a light to the Gentiles. I'm like, that is me. Our new house will be a light to the Gentiles. Baby, let's do this. So I I called our, our realtor. I said, hey, we need to put our house in the market. He's like, you're crazy. I said, I know, but we need to put our house in the market. He said, I said, well, how much can we get? He's like, oh, maybe you can get 1.8, 1.9, maybe 2 million. I said, let's believe for 2.5 because I believe that God can do anything. We're going to break every record in the zip code and all the city of Chula Vista. We're going to break, we're going to sell our house 2.5 million. He's like, he wanted to believe with me, but he was like, that's too crazy. But somehow he just like leaned in. So we put our house on the market. We have an open house. The same day, we get an offer for $2.5 million. I said, praise the Lord. God can do anything. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And you can also get unlocked. Listen, you know where I came from. I'm telling you, look at the streets where I grew up. This is not about me. This is about what God can do in someone's life. But a poverty mindset will cause you to be trapped and locked. And not be able to step into your destiny. Are you with me? So we, put our, we sold our house. And then if you have the last picture, we got into our dream home. This is another crazy story. A little blurry, but don't worry about it. So we, we moved into this house. And uh, and. And it was such a, I mean, we've, we've had Cherish there. We've had, we hosted our pastor's baby shower. Our house is for the kingdom. It's like, I want to use my house for, for the kingdom of God. We've had meetings there. We've had PFA, uh, deliver Freedom Nights. We've had all kinds of things. Because I know that God has blessed me so I can be a blessing. So I can fund the kingdom. And God wants to do the same with you. I want to read you a couple of, 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 share with you how you got to be careful with poverty mindsets. We're about to be done. Are we okay, Pastor Michael? We're going a little long right now because I believe that God wants to unlock you. Is there anybody in here who wants to get unlocked this morning? Poverty mindsets, this is how they operate. Opportunities and, and success, watch this. It's not just money, it's an opportunity and success they're not limited there's an abundance be excited for your friends when they experience success because what you honor flows towards you but if you're in a poverty mindset you believe that that if someone is successful you you get resentful because because they they got the god's or i didn't get it but that's a scarcity mentality are you with me with time some people are so tied with their time it's like oh it's my time i have friends that like it's like oh my time they don't want to do anything at church because it's my time my time but listen if you if you operate like that you can't fulfill your destiny time some people hold on to their time really tightly almost like an idol forgetting that Jesus said have if you lose your life you will save it or some people believe the blessing is limited you know they got it so i won't no it's for everyone and, and you can't have what you despise. So, when, when people get, you know, share a testimony or God's story, don't, don't lean in, don't get offended. You can't have what you despise. If you despise that, it won't flow towards you. Uh, uh, just just a, a few thoughts, is that okay? So, let's end with this Galatians chapter 18, verses 13 and 14. Galatians 18, 13 and 14. So, here comes the word of the Lord again to Abraham. Then the Lord said to Abraham, so God comes and he says, hey, at this set time next year, you're going to have a son. And, and this is where we are. So the Bible says that God said, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? So the word of the Lord comes and Sarah laughed. She's like, what do you mean I'm going to have a son? I'm 90 years old. And my son, my Lord is, my, my, I'm sorry, my husband is 100 years old. How are we going to have a son? A hundred and ninety How are we going to do the thing? You know, it's like, it's crazy. (laughs) But the Lord says, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to end with this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Whatever you're going through, is anything too hard for the Lord? Listen, Sarah had been thinking for 20 years, 25 years, that she would never have a son. I guess it's not for me to be prosperous. I guess it's not for me to have a baby. I guess it's not for me to have the pleasure of serving my family with a baby. I guess it's not for me. So her mindset was, was built by her surroundings, and her surroundings limited her expectation. You got to be careful with your mindset to expect supernatural results. You got to have supernatural thinking. Supernatural thinking will bring you supernatural results. That's why you got to have the mindset that God can do anything. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, my God can do anything. 2016, we we began to prosper a little bit. It was my dream to go into to take my family on a vacation. And 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 we started with a staycation, baby steps, praise the Lord. So we staycationed and we went to La Costa Resort in Carlsbad. And uh, and, and, and we're we're hanging out there for, three four days and it's the last day and we actually stayed one more day and my kids are exhausted by now it's like 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 we've had too much pool too much sun like they don't even want to go in the pool you know if your kids don't want to go in the pool something's wrong they're like too tired and i'm like okay praise the lord i get to rest too come on somebody how many of you know when you have babies little kids it's hard to go on a vacation and rest it's like a lot of work it's like i don't want to go on a vacation anymore so we're sitting there we're hanging out, and. And then we see this beautiful family walk by with like a bunch of kids. And, and then this one kid reminded us of our son. I said, babe, look, that look, beautiful kid the one in the Spider-Man bathing suit, so incredible. So they walk by and then, you know, time went by and then all of a sudden we hear the, the lifeguards just whistle like really loud. And, and I know something's going on and like it's people start freaking out and I'm looking around and people are evacuating everywhere and, and the whistles get louder and louder. And then I turn to my left and I see in the jacuzzi, they, they, bring, they bring that little boy that I just seen out of the water, Unresponsive, and they bring him out unresponsive, and they lay him on the ground and I'm freaking out by now, I'm like, I don't want to end my vacation like that, that is crazy, like it just it just shocked me, I don't know if you ever experienced anything that, that just shocked you, like it's, it was too much and, and I feel the Holy Spirit saying go pray for the little, ba- little boy and, and, but I was in shock, I'm not doing anything, I'm just my wife is like trying to help the mom, the mom is freaking out, screaming and la- with another baby, so my, my wife gets the little baby from, from, the, from the mom and the mom is like going into a panic and, and Natalie comes up to me, she says, go pray for the little boy and it's just, I woke up, so I go and pray for the little boy and I, I said, sir is it okay if I pray for your little boy? And, and he goes, yes, please. So I realized he was a Christian. So I just began to speak life in the name of Jesus. And I said, life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. You will live and not die. Life in the name of Jesus. I began to speak in tongues. I said, Life in the name of Jesus. Breathe life. Holy Spirit, life in the name of Jesus. Sometimes, see, there's so many of us that have, that have so many things that are dead in front of us. But when we see that things, we got to be like Ezekiel and speak life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Prophesy to the dry bones. Some of you are seeing so many things that aren't working out but God is saying it's time for you to breathe life in the name of Jesus. I said life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus and I saw a little boy come back to life. I don't know if he was dead or asleep but I saw the little boy come back to life. He started coughing. I said thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. See, we can step into those things when we believe. When do we all stand? We can step into those things when we believe we have an expectation that God can do anything. God can unlock you this morning. See, God can shift, step into your situation and shift things and change things around. So I want to open up the altar. If you're here right now, you need to get unlocked either in any area that we talked about. I just want you to come to the front. If that's me, I need to get unlocked today we're going to worship, we're going to pray and I just want you to come to the front if that's you don't stay where you are, don't let pride hold you back come on somebody, the Bible said God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble I've seen so many people stay where they are and they never get unlocked, they never change because, because pride gets in the way but I'm telling you, God is wanting to unlock you this morning there's been too long there's a, there's a gentleman here today you've been, you've been locked up for like 30 years and God is saying get unlocked today Get unlocked today. Just come to the front and receive a touch from heaven. Receive a touch from heaven. If that's you, just want you to come to the front. We're going to go into ministry's time. We're going to see the Holy Spirit just move. And God's about to touch us. Can we go back into worship?
0: Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com